1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald's. Uh, David, you know who we've got to talk about straight up. I'm just sick of listening to his crybaby supporters. He lost. Get over it. Stop stirring up trouble. We need a peaceful transfer of power. But these nutjobs, they just won't let it go. Tetsi and Naito lost fair and square, people. <laughs> Stop storming our capital. <laughs> uh. <sighs> There's people climbing into the Tokyo Dome. They're sitting,
0: <laughs> sitting in the ring, they're <laughs>
1: refusing to leave.
0: <laughs> they're, they're Someone's taking one of the IWGP titles away. <laughs> right? They're, they're sitting at Red Shoes' desk. It's unbelievable. How could they? How could they allow this? It's anarchy. Uh, yeah. That was that was a fun day yesterday. Ooh, Embarrassing day. was. What the hell it was. Um, well, actually I've heard,
1: I heard a conspiracy theory that it was actually a false flag from Noah fans so ah.
0: Don't don't believe everything you read Damon. <laughs> yeah. You're in you're in on the in, you're in in on the uh the inside dude. The, uh inside dude. What am I just say? Um the inside poop. Uh yeah, it's I mean, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, 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 should we just talk about Wrestle Kingdom I <laughs> don't have the energy for it, I, it? I, I know what it is it's just I can't believe what I saw yesterday I just can't believe what I saw But uh, there we are we all know the news my country is in shambles is what it is uh, so yeah I think this podcast will be focused on and thank God will be focused on Wrestle Kingdom, and all the greatness that we saw over the past three days—let's uh, be honest here, two days—we <laughs> saw greatness in two days. <laughs> we didn't see a lot of greatness on that that, that show, uh, but that was that was what we were looking for. That's what we were hoping for. So um, I'm excited for today's show. It's always a, a very popular show. Our post-Wrestle Kingdom wrap-up. This is our first one that we've done. With both of us at home, right? Usually I'm fucking hung over in some hotel room, whispering, <laughs> trying not to make too much noise. Now I can be as loud as I want. I'm in my own home. Why am I speaking like this? Uh, Joel, drive the bus, but I'm sure we're talking Wrestle Kingdom all day long.
1: Yeah, let's get straight into it. I just want to know what, what your overall thoughts were on Wrestle Kingdom. Because I did a little Twitter poll and I asked people, you know, how it affected their enjoyment in New Japan. Because a lot of people were on the fence, a lot of people were a bit wary about the direction of the company. So I got 600 of votes. 90% of people still love the product and, and 25% overall said that Wrestle Kingdom managed to win them over. So did you feel the same way? Do you think this was a, a return to form from New Japan?
0: It was something that everybody wanted, right? Everybody wanted to see. I think everybody was nervous. I don't think there was a was a was an eyeball watching that wasn't at least a little bit nervous of a how were reduced crowds going to look feel he, you know what how is it going to are they going to make enough noise is is it just going to sound like a mausoleum um two you know. W- Honestly, and I think lots of people would agree that New Japan, from an in-ring quality perspective, if that's what gets your rocks off when it comes to New Japan, may have taken a bit of a a turn for the worse. Um, And you were hoping that that would not impact your usual post-intermission Wrestle Kingdom shows, which almost always are great so everybody's kind of holding their breath, um, and then and then we had some um, you know f- new fresh talent in some of those roles. Um, we had a, a, a storyline that seemed a little bit stale when it came to double double golds. So again, th- going into it, there was a lot of concern, and then you add to that Joel, uh, the COVID situation in Japan, and there was a, a, you know that. The show might have gone on, but they might not have had people in the building, and there there was concern. I saw a lot of it. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of things that people were on people's mind, but I think at the end of the show, like, night one f- blew me away. Night one, I think, outperformed any expectation I had of under the circumstances that they that they had, and I thought B. The second show was an outstanding show as well, so uh, I don't think it won me over, but it gave me a taste of what I knew they could do, and I was proud of them for being a all the all the all the workers being able to perform at that level excellent job and b the company to be able to to I don't know. I don't know if, if if put blinders on is is the right term, but they were able to put on a Wrestle Kingdom worthy show. If you popped on any one of those shows, Joel, uh, and again, aside from crowd noise, which trust me, in the dome there have been years where it's been just as quiet. So, and you put that on. Y- you could rewatch it easily and and not or show a new fan and i don't think they would miss a beat. It that's that's uh, you could put it up there with with some of the better wrestle kingdoms. I really truly believe that. In ring and and uh, yeah, i really do. Um and then the whole storyline progression with uh Jay White. I mean, i know i'm sure we'll touch on it, but what a what a performance by Jay White! I, I, I just an all around, all encompassing pro wrestler performance. Uh, I was I was left with my mouth open, stunned at how great that was. So I know we're going to get into it, but my overall thoughts were that was a home run weekend. Not not weekend, but home run three days. We'll call it. Um, where I couldn't be more proud. Uh, to be a New Japan Pro Wrestling fan.
1: How are you feeling about the Double Dome thing now? Because uh, Rob writes in and says, you think the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom is too much, while Spoke of Great shows that feel some matches could have benefited from less time, is Double Dome here to stay?
0: Um, it's hard to go back from it, I, I think. You know, once you kind of cross that bridge and you're now you now you've committed to doing it twice. And again, there's speculation of why they did it twice this year. Um, Again, two houses are better than one, um, especially knowing that you're going to have limited capacity. Um, I don't know. I would agree that I prefer one night. Truthfully, I do. I prefer one night. Um, It's a little bit taxing to carve out all that time for pro wrestling from a fan perspective. And you're right. I think there were some matches that could have used to shave off a little bit of time. Um, I'm always a fan of one solid show. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of two really good shows, which is weird because why wouldn't I want two? But I I think one spectacular card, should I say, one spectacular show. As opposed to two, um, but again, it, I think I think this year was a little bit different. Um, I don't, I, I can't see them going to a third, a third, like this, like this being the standard Wrestle Kingdom main event of double gold. I, I think they would be really dumb to do that again.
1: Yeah, my only issue with the fact that they did it again is just the convoluted booking you get with the RWGP heavyweight title, that right. they don't have confidence in any other title to headline one of the other nights, which I think they they need to reassess that because I think with the right build, if you decouple the Intercontinental title, you could easily use that to headline, or even uh, the junior title with Hiromi Takashi on top, which is something yeah. we'll talk about later. But I, I actually enjoyed having two shows of six matches rather than one you know five hour show with like 11 matches on it where it not only feels bloated but also rushed at the same time so i like the fact that we got two you know really uh i wouldn't say neat and tidy six match shows but they they didn't feel like a drag to me let's put it like that so yeah i don't have a problem with the format it just when that sort of bleeds into the booking and you end up sort of devaluing your g1 briefcase and all that stuff that's where i've got the issue with it but uh I mean, if it's making money for them, I, mean, <laughs> I think they could probably do with a bit of extra money uh, coming up. So I would not be shocked if they do it again, but some fresh ideas on the table. Let's, let's headline one of the nights with something aside from the IWGP heavyweight title. But yeah, like, like yourself, I thought it was great. Real, you know, classic New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. And I mean, let's get straight into it. And I think we'll go from the the biggest match, the main event of night two, which was... Ibushi defeating Jay White in 48 minutes and 5 seconds with a Kamagoe, So he successfully retains the IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Championship. So of course we get Ibushi's big redemption here after eating the two losses at Wrestle Kingdom 14 and uh, three defeats at the hands of Jay White in 2020, losing the briefcase in the process. So he gets his big comeback here against the odds, finally lands the Phoenix Splash. And uh, honestly, there's not that much to say about it really from the Ibushi perspective you know it's a classic new japan wrestle kingdom redemption story we all predicted where he learns from each of his prior defeats and he gets the job done but quite often with these wrestle kingdom main events, you you have the, the glorious climax of the the winner's arc but the more interesting story is what's going on with the loser because that's often uh, you know the beginning of their own story like you know wrestle kingdom 9 where okada lost and he's walking away from the ring Sobbing, He's in tears. Wrestling Kingdom 12, where Naito shits the bed. And, and yeah, Wrestle Kingdom 14, like I said, where Ibushi took two L's and leaves the double gold dash with nothing. So here, I think we're in agreement, Damon. the more interesting story, like you said, it's Jay White. And what I think is the death of the Switchblade character because this match is basically Jay... Uh, Go through his whole arsenal of tricks. He tries to wear down Ibushi physically. You know, Ibushi's already had that grueling match with Naito the night before, so he tries to grind him down by attacking his body like he did uh, in the the power struggle match, the most recent win. Uh, And he used the same trick. He got his feet on the ropes for the near fall. Doesn't work. Uh, Ghetto, he did the callback to the AJ Styles match when Kenny distracted Ibushi when he was about to do the Phoenix splash on the top rope. That doesn't work. He, uh, he also tried to go after the knee like he did in the G1 match and go for the, the ITO, the Ibushi tap out uh, leg log that worked against Tanahashi in years gone by. That doesn't work. So you see Jay getting uh, more and more desperate and you know he's, he's using his absolute peak mind games. He's trying to bait Ibushi into slapping him and shoving the ref away, which you know Ibushi's done before. So you get that little thing like Jay White has been scouting him so he can low blow him when the ref gets pushed away. And then... It's just a great moment where you really see Jay White starting to lose his composure. He's driving Ibushi into the, the apron and the guardrail. He's like, well, fuck you, Ibushi. Fuck you, Ibushi. Uh, and it's like he realised it's going to take a lot to put away Ibushi. Uh, he tries for the German suplex on the apron but he ends up getting swan-dive German suplex into the ring. And he's like, he goes into survival mode. He's, he's wide-eyed and desperate. He's mm. he's looking at Ghetto. He's saying to Gedo, "What what should I do? What do I do? Because none of his tricks are working. And it's like, he realises he's out of his depth. Maybe he, he is fighting against the god here. And just that critical moment of the match, uh, and also a critical moment for the, the Switchblade character, is when he eventually lands the Blade Runner, but then Ibushi kicks out. Yep. And that—that that is the symbolic moment where everything falls apart for him. Because in his career, every time he hits the Blade Runner and makes the cover, he wins. Not this time. And then you, you can see the wheels turning in his head, that his, his his entire strategy, like his philosophy as a wrestler has just fallen apart on the biggest stage. Uh, this guy, this opponent who he's beat three times last year has managed to uh, adapt and evolve. And for once, Switchblade has failed to do that. The, the attack plan failed. The mind games failed. And and the, the cheating failed. Uh, his best move has failed. And there's nothing left for him at that point. He's, he's absolutely lost. And there's that fantastic shot of him after the match, and he's desperately clutching at the titles as they're taken away from him. And that promo, that 10-minute promo backstage, he's just absolutely desolate. There's no ghetto there. There's no one helping him. No Bullet Club. He's just Jay White, or Jamie, confronted with the reality that who he is right now is not good enough to be the best in New Japan. And I don't think it was a pure babyface promo by any means. It was just like a, a brutal and emotional display of honesty from a guy who knows that he's bottled it on the biggest stages. Madison Square Garden against Okada, he bottled it. G1 Finals against Ibushi, bottled it. G1 Block Final against Ishii last year. And now the Wrestle Kingdom main event against a guy who he knows he should have beaten. And it's this moment of uh, self-doubt and reflection and you know moments that we all go through. So it could be the start of that turn. There are the little seeds of doubt there, though. Like when Jay said, I don't want to do this anymore. What does that mean? Is he quitting New Japan? Is he quitting wrestling? Is he going to go to WWE? Um, for what it's worth, Brian Alvarez nope. says that he's on a, a seven-year deal that expires in 2024 off, by the way. But, you know, we know that WWE are interested. He, he is everything that they want. They, they've they got a serious lack of stars in their late 20s. So you can be sure they're going to make a big offer to him. Will he take it? Who knows? I, mean, I hope not. We all hope not. But others in the past have done. Prince Devitt being the main example. So, that leaves us in this interesting position where we'll feel a sense of gratitude and and like appreciation to Jay White just for showing up. It's it's really smart. And then last night at New Year Dash, he gets pinned clean, clean as a whistle by Ishii. And the post-match promo by Ishii is great as well. It's really short, but it lays down that groundwork for the turn. Uh, Ishii says, Jay wrestled for nearly an hour last night. I didn't even have a match. Don't let it get to you, kids. Get back to fighting shape, then come and get some revenge. So, the path to redemption is there, Damon. Like the, the the path is there, and it might not happen this month. I mean, it might not even happen this year. But who would bet against seeing uh, a babyface Wyatt redeem himself at the Tokyo Dome in one or two or three years' time? Like going from that greasy little edge lord who slithered into the picture at uh, Wrestle Kingdom twelve against Tanahashi to potential babyface superstardom. And it's not a lot. There are a lot of variables, but. Telling these these long-term stories is what New Japan does best. And even as they wrap up one long-term story arc, they're laying down the path for another. Wrestle Kingdom 9, you've seen Tanahashi get his moment of triumph. Now I want to see Okada get here. So Wrestle Kingdom 12 made me want... I was there in the building. It made me want to see Naito get his moment. I wasn't a huge Naito fan when I went to that event. When I saw what happened, I was like, well, oh, shit, I want to see Naito get his moment in the sun. Wrestle Kingdom 14, it made me want to see Ibushi get his moment. And this is the, the, the watershed time for JY. It's... You know the, the crossroads are in front of him. There's the potential for that moment of glory in the future. So, um, D- Damon, your thoughts on
0: Jay Powaito? Uh, Jay White. <clears throat> you know, when you think about it, and if you've listened to this show, you know that our thoughts have always been that eventually this will be a Jay White big baby face run. Um. I love the fact that this company is not one to rush things, number one. Uh, Number two, plants subtle seeds and lets them grow. And I love the fact that for 24 hours, there was no better pro wrestler than Jay White. Again, across the board from having a match that was it was spectacular in the subtlety it was spectacular in the nuances it was spectacular in being real and 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 giving you a side of a pro wrestler a pro wrestler that was completely Built on vulnerability. To me, that was just the most incredible, I don't want to say performance, but that entire package of what they were able to deliver um, was some of the best pro wrestling I've ever seen. May not be the best match I've ever seen. It may very well be the best promo I've ever seen. And the only thing I could kind of think of, like, what would like what would be the comparison I would give to that post-match promo? I'm thinking, like, maybe Terry Funk? Uh, people, I've, I think I've seen Mick Full, or, you know, Cactus Jack in ECW, would be, and I don't even think that they're close to what we saw, like, I'm showing people this interview that don't even like pro wrestling. (laughs) You know, don't even, I'm like, you have to see this. Uh, It was the vulnerability of Jay White that was exposed. And it was so fucking compelling. I don't know if it's the watch this guy go down thing or, um, you know, Watch him lose his marbles in front of a live you know, audience? I don't know. But you're right in that match when he's talking about, what, what, what do I do? What, what, what do I do next? And again, not not finishing about every single fucking time that Blade Runner is hit. Every single time it's over against the, 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 the top guys in that company, Tanahashi, Okada, You name it. If he hits it, it's done. And you know it because people groan. It's like, fuck. It's over. He's not kicking out. We're done. Didn't happen. And you are right, Joel. That shot. Right after that three count. Where where Jay White is lying on the mat. And he sees both those titles. And Red Shoes' shoes are right there in that shot, in that frame. And he's clutching for those belts. And Reggie picks up the, the heavyweight title. Nope. And then it's the realization of, oh, fuck. And he scrambles again for the intercontinental. Nope. That's gone as well. And he just is dejected and done. Um, it's hard for me. To talk about a a twenty-four hour period of a better guy, a, a better performance than that Jay White performance. Again, across the board. It wasn't the greatest wrestling match in the world? No. Was it you know the greatest performance I've ever seen? No. But the comb—excuse <clears throat> me I lose my voice. The combination of the match, how the match was worked—I I just love the realness of it, Joel. I love, th- I love the vulnerability of Jay White out on display. Vulnerability is not a trait most people would say. Okay, what's a great pro wrestler? <laughs> you know, a vulnerable one. <laughs> I, I don't know. But watching that unfold, and I, that is the one word I would use to describe vulnerable. And again, that post-match presser where he's screaming. And he's delusional, too, because why, would, why, would, why is anybody going to fucking help you, dude? You, you caused all this. This is your doing. Yet almost crying out for help. And crying out and realizing that he didn't have the fucking goods. What a spectacular performance. And I am sorry. I got to say it again, Joel. If there are people, if there are people that are not on this Jay White bandwagon, I get the fact that you didn't like it in the beginning and that G1 performance. And, you you know, I get it. I, I and you and and he was a young line and you can't take him seriously and they just stuck him in this big time position. But bop, 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 bop boy oh boy, if you were not impressed by that performance, I don't know what I can tell you. I don't know what I can tell you. I don't. I don't. I just. I be. I be wasting my breath. He is a star. <laughs> And that performance is a star-making performance.
1: Face Collector says, could we add promo of the year to the annual award voting? I mean, if we did, you could just <laughs> close the awards now. Uh, it would be interesting to see if anyone could beat Jay's Night 2 promo over the course of this year. And Brendan says, with the Jay White promo uh, post-match interview, the best English-spoken New Japan promo in the world. Can't think of anything that
0: tops it be the best, my head. One of the best promos in the world mm. ever. Mm-hmm. Again, I, give, name me better ones me ones yeah. that are more emotional and more honest and more just watching a guy die before your eyes i i, I, I name it Ooh. and
1: that's it isn't it you said it all like to be a complete dickhead a despicable character that everyone hated over the last 3 years but then managed to make you feel bad for him that is top draw acting and storytelling. Never mind Jamie White. He is a little Game of Thrones fans reference. He's like Jamie Lannister. I I think there's something for all of us appreciators of fiction. We all subconsciously or consciously enjoy uh, and love a good redemption arc where there's someone who you hate so much, but then you go on that journey to see them redeem themselves and become a character that you end up loving. And and we are at the start of it here and it's very, very exciting indeed. But it, it didn't happen last night at New Year Dash. So Markeem says, with the Bullet Club, not ousting Jay yet, do you think when he returns, does he just assume leadership and the group is vastly different? Or do you think they turn on him? Because, it, Damon, it looks to me like this is something they're going to take their time with. Because a yes. lot of us thought, oh, he's going to be booted out by the end of yesterday's show. But he wasn't. So how do you see it playing out?
0: I think people are conditioned. And it, and it doesn't happen a ton of times. Um, like a big, huge angle. Um, I know we saw one at Cork and with with Jay White, in fact, uh beating down everybody. And I, and I, I will never forget you turning to me and you know saying that guy's winning the title. <laughs> that guy's that guy's winning the t- that guy's winning the belt. Um and of course we're all used to the uh uh you know, when AJ was leaving, that big uh angle with Kenny. Taking over the reins at Bullet Club, um, but I, I don't think I don't think it's fair that you can just sit there and say Dash shows have to have that that big angle, um, and I don't think they need to. I think this, the slow burn is the best burn for this. Um, I, I eventually think that's where we're going. I think that I think everyone can see that. But I, I look Dash was was not a thrilling show by any stretch. Um, and I know people were a little disappointed that they didn't get that nugget at the end, but I mean take your time. Let's 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 take your time with us. Let's 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 milk this out a little bit. <laughs> let's milk this out a little bit.
1: Yeah, we have questions along that line. Hurry Al says going into New Year Dash. There were expectations of some sort of descent within bullet club centering around Jay White. Why do you think New Japan has stepped away from hot angles at Dash, a la the Austin of AJ Star slash Rise of Kenya Omega in the past couple of years? And... I said this on Twitter before the show started. I was like, you know, this it look, that match five, it looks like something might happen, but expect nothing. Just expect a nice wrestling show with some good tag team matches. And then if anything does happen, you'll be pleasantly surprised because, yeah, there hasn't been anything groundbreaking. Like last year, there was the Liger retirement, which was enough in and of itself. And the year before that, sort of the, the rise to power of Jay White the, the night after he beaten Okada, and then we've had other stuff, you know, like Nitro attacking Chris Jericho, uh, when Jay mm-hmm. White turned on Bullet Club, when Kenny tried to recruit him and he ended up attacking him. So, yeah, nothing of that sort last night. Um, th- what do you think of the choice not to put anything groundbreaking like that on you, Dash? I
0: mean, I, look, again, I, I'm, I'm in the boat of I would have loved to have seen it. I would have lo- loved to have had something going out of that show. Like the biggest the biggest thing that came out of that show was Tenzon, you know, and and uh what are they now the United Empire um you yeah, know laying it. out everybody. I mean, that was the biggest thing to come out of the show. So um yeah, you know, look, I I'm I'm not going to lie. I, when I I woke up excited, I thought something bigger was going to happen. I would have liked something bigger to happen, yeah, probably. Um but they're going to they're going to milk it a little bit longer. That's fine. I'm I'm, I'm okay with that. But yeah, I, I mean I think it, look, I think after the dome show everybody was geared up for a dash show that gave you a little bit more juice, a little bit more energy. Um and again, aside from that that uh United Empire angle, it really wasn't a lot of uh big time stuff you're walking away with.
1: Let me pick your brains on the actual match itself between Ibushi and Jay White. So Jeremiah says, did Ibushi ignoring Jay's legwork detract from that match for you? I loved it as a whole, but would have liked some more selling, especially leading to a knee-heavy finish. So it it was an unusual match, Damon. It, it felt like it had sort of a different structure and pacing than a typical big New japan main event. Like, it, it felt almost like you're watching a mini film or documentary about the downfall of a man rather than a typical wrestling match. Like, it didn't seem to follow the usual... Uh, rhythm and, and pacing of a big match, did it? Hmm.
0: I don't know. Um, yeah, it wasn't like you, you, you know, it wasn't your typical New Japan main event, but I really liked it. I liked the fact that it was just, you know, Jay White getting cut off at every pass, right? And Ibushi just being a guy who was who was better that night. In I I, and it wasn't like it was a squash or anything, but you know, I think the main idea was the the frustration and the vulnerability of Jay White. Um, But I never I didn't really notice it until you brought it up right now, Um, and I think that's saying something as to how much I enjoyed. The actual match, I I will say that there were moments that I felt like it went a little long. Like this was this was this one went long, didn't it? Like over thirty something minutes. Yeah, it was forty eight. It was the longest ever Wrestle
1: Kingdom match. Yeah,
0: I mean, is that just to show the fact that both guys are were were given everything they had? Forty-eight minutes. Whew. That's a long match. <laughs> That's a long match. Uh, but I will. Like, they. I'll tell you what. If they shaved off maybe ten minutes of that, I think we might be talking about one of the, one of the contenders for match of the year. What do you think of that? If they if they took ten minutes off.
1: <sighs> I don't. I don't know about that. I don't know if you can take off that ten minutes without. Compromising the story that they were trying to tell, which I I figure is Jay White just emptying the tank against this guy right. and still coming up short. So uh, maybe I need to go back and rewatch it because it, it it was an unusual match. I didn't I, I loved it. well I really really liked it. I'm not sure if I loved it because I didn't have that emotional connection to it, and it didn't build up to that sort of frenetic climax that these new japan main events usually do you know that moment of catharsis it never got there it was like build up build up build up stop build up build up build up up, stop and i think that was partly by design so you know maybe when this jay white story sinks in a bit and i go back and watch this keeping in mind the promo afterwards then i might have a newfound appreciation for it but as it is it's a very good match but not a, a great one although i reserve the right to change my mind on that in the
0: future let me ask you. I know we don't like doing it, but I'm going to do it anyway. Can you throw me some some stars just to, just to get an idea where where we're talking about this match?
1: Uh, f- I'll give you four and a third. Okay. Yeah,
0: because it's liking- more than
1: four and a quarter, and I'm not four and a half on it.
0: Yeah, I'm in that range. I'm in that range. Okay, and that, that's fair. Okay, good. We're on the same page. We're on the same page. Like if you came to me where we're like. Uh, three and a half. I'd be like, what? <laughs> I would, I would be like, what, what, what's missing? Um, okay. We're on, we're on the same boat. We're on the same page.
1: Okay. Uh, Daniel says, I love Russell King 15, but gotta be honest. I'm not happy about an Ibushi Sanada rematch. So of course, Sanada came out in his lovely suit at the end of the show to issue a very uh, gentlemanly challenge to Ibushi who accepted. Uh, so Daniel says, is there room to grow from their G1 final? So David, what are your thoughts on the upcoming Ibushi versus Sanada match?
0: One of the things that I was most excited about Ibushi winning that title is the idea of some really great title defenses. We're starting with Sonata. <laughs> <sighs> Look, I, I, I feel like I've made my feelings known about Sonata. And... <sighs> That's, the, that's probably one of the guys where I'm just like, of all the fucking roster, we're going with Sonata. All right. Now, that being said, I think Abushi has the skills with a Z to make this a good match. Um, it really depends on how it is paced. But I was, I, look, truth be told, I was not thrilled to see Sonata walk out there. Um, again, of all the fuck, that entire fucking roster, we got that. But it's one defense. And, is it, And you know, here's the thing, too. It's a, it's a, it's a, at least, at least Abushi will get one under his belt. You know what I mean? He'll get a, he'll get a title defense under his belt. Right. That's a, that's a positive. Uh, cause there's no fucking way Sonata's winning that title. Uh, so there, there you go, there's your positive. Abushi gets a nice nice solid pinfall win uh, and retains the title.
1: And there was also some talk from Ibushi about unifying those belts. So Ben says, what will be the outcome of the idea of the unified belts? Does it mean a new belt as two become one? Like the, the Spice Girl song. Ah. Or do we, <laughs> we just send the IC to the museum? Uh, Louis says, is unifying the heavyweight and IC belts the right call? Or are there too many belts in New Japan right now? I'm personally against it with the IC at least. And Brendan says, what are your thoughts on unifying the heavyweight and IC titles? New Japan has plenty of silverware up for grabs. But is it the IC title that should go?
0: Let's be honest here. When we talk about the championship, I never refer to the Intercontinental Championship, right? So always, you know, we talk about the heavyweight championship. We talk IWGP heavyweight championship. They could just, yeah, just merge it in. It's just pushed into the heavyweight title, and that's that. Um, if and and I don't. And I know I talk a lot about splitting the title up and using that title as as it once was and using it on secondary shows and main eventing other you know but that would be my ideal my ideal would be to to split them and have them separate and defended separate and all that stuff but if we go the Ibushi route and just merge them I mean would anybody care I don't I mean because at this point I mean the visual of two belts reminds me of like the triple crown for all Japan. And and I and I guess that's a cool thing, right? Um or like, you know, back in the day when the you know the juniors had the you know, the 17 titles they would bring to the fucking ring. Um just merge it just merge it. I, I don't think anybody's going to lose any sleep if they merged it, because nobody refers to it anyway. It's not a. Th- it's it's really not a thing. It hasn't been the actual title hasn't been defended in over a year, and even before that, it was put on ice to begin with anyway. Like it's been two years of that intercontinental title just being a prop. It's not defended. It's not a thing. It's just a part of. The heavyweight title it's like like all we did was add like an extension to the physical belt you know what i mean that's all it is at this point it's just, it's just an extension of the heavyweight title merge it who gives a shit no one cares about it it's not a thing put them together um because it's again it's it's right now it's the idea of the intercontinental championship is kind of worthless just merge it who cares
1: yeah, know, I mean, the fear of stating the bleeding obvious here, obviously the belt itself is not inherently good or bad. And there is also, there's not a sweet spot, oh, this is the perfect number of single starters to have in your, your company. It all just depends on how well they're booked. So if they want to decouple the belts and book the Intercontinental Championship properly, as they have done in the past, great. If they're not going to bother, then get rid of it. Yep. Merge them, unify them, throw it into the Tokyo Bay. I don't give a fuck. um, there you go Uh, Kenny Omega guy says do you think Ibushi's reign will be a great reign or will he lose the title quickly and to whom so good question I'm not sure about this I can see a path and a few people are, are, are thinking the same lines where he keeps it until whatever your sort of sakura genesis show is and New Japan Cup winner Will Ospreay beats him for that title and then Maybe I could see Naito being Osprey for the title at Dominion because Naito and Osprey is uh, one of the few, one of the only actually big singles matches that they haven't run yet that I think could draw a lot of money. And then we eventually get back to Naito versus Okada at the Tokyo Dome. But just going back to the question, do I see Ibushi holding the title for a long time? No, I don't. I will be surprised if he has it at Wrestle Kingdom next year because, I mean, just for the sole reason, I can't really think of any... Big money singles matches for Ibushi left that you could run at the Tokyo Dome.
0: Yeah, I mean, I to answer the question, I don't think think so either, um, and that's not a knock at Ibushi. I, I just think it's more of New Japan never really giving a first time title <laughs> uh, a, a lot of time with it. Um, yeah. I think he'll hold it longer than New Japan Cup, though. Or, or, or oh, I'm sorry, we're looking at post-New Japan Cup, which would bring us to, what are we looking like, March, April? Uh, he would have one title defense under his belt. Yeah, that's probably a good scenario. Possibly two. I mean, we've got the
1: New Beginning shows, and then we've got the Castle <laughs> Attack tour, so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's potential for two defenses.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where we're. we're... He will I. I would be shocked. I. I would be. I would be very shocked if he's holding on to that title the entire year and going into Wrestle Kingdom and defending it. Um. Yeah, I would say around that. I would say. I would say before G One. Is is a is well G One is G One well, now in 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 uh, Autumn again.
1: Yeah, Damon, because we've got the Tokyo Olympics, which is absolutely, definitely going ahead. Can't see any issues with that. Everything will be back to normal by then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's, I mean, look, I know that we're being elbow in the ribs there, but, I mean, New Japan's got their own fucking concerns right now with shows uh, that are on, we'll just just say, thin, thin ice at this point. Uh, yeah, but I think you, I think you're you're on point. I, w- I would stick with what you you gave and brought to the table when it came to that title.
1: Sticking with Ibushi, let's talk about the Naito versus Ibushi match. So from night one, Ibushi defeating Naito in 31 minutes with the becoming the new IWGP Heavyweight and Intercontinental Champion. This this is probably the best match that I have very little to say about. It was great. They got tremendous chemistry. They fucked each other's necks up. I, I thought Naito in particular did a really good job working Ibushi's neck. He had a nice variety of offense. I like that he used the Puma Blanca there. There was no deep emotional story here. It was just two guys who really, they looked like they love fighting each other. Uh, it, it wasn't noticeably better than any of their other matches, but it still absolutely delivered without doing anything insanely dangerous. I, I mean, there was the Frankensteiner from the apron. That was I thought adequately spectacular for the occasion. And when they fight each other, I always enjoy the tension that builds when they start fucking about on the apron. And they always manage to keep it fresh there because you're like, oh, what's, what's, what's going to happen? You can see the, the safety police getting, starting to sweat and getting out of Twitter. But uh, I, I mean, that said, Ibushi, I think, is really good at making his bumps look a lot more dangerous than they actually are because there were quite a few in both matches where he landed on his forearms rather than on his head. And if you see it quickly enough, you think, oh my God, it's right on his head there. Uh, but yeah, I thought the striking was very crisp in this match. That's not something that I usually get credit for, but something that stood out to me. And whilst I was pretty convinced that Ibushi was winning, there was a little moment of doubt when he missed the Phoenix Splash, because I thought that might be his Naito Wrestle Kingdom 12 moment. But it wasn't, Ibushi won as expected with, uh, it was a really cool sequence actually at the end where Ibushi managed to grab Naito's wrists mid-destino and uh, get in what I might uh, uh, trollingly describe as a, a cheeky little V trigger before yeah, the Kamigoye maybe maybe but uh, yeah it was a great match brilliantly placed uh, paced flawlessly executed uh, I, I loved how Naito went full Hulk Hogan at the end by handing over the belts to <laughs> steal it heat. she's he but I mean all in all it's the sort of main event that I think casual fans tune in for did exactly what it said on the tin
0: right I, I loved it I really did um, I'll work my way backwards the uh, when it and when Naito picks up the belts and the titles and he, you know, just arms extended and they're just dangling there and they, he grabs the belts, almost, almost tries for a hug, you know, and, uh, and Naito's is having none of that. Um uh, and, and the arm raise and then, you know, he, Naito takes the powder. I thought that was a really awesome moment. Um, I will say something too. Uh, th- I, I like how the English commentary kind of went with the idea of yeah you know, poking and not poking fun but like poking the fires of uh the safety police because every time they got on the fucking apron or anything even remotely not centered square in the ring, they were going, "Oh, please don't kill yourselves! Please, you're gonna you're gonna wind up paralyzed." So I did kind of like that uh, that they played into that idea as well. Uh, I don't think this was a a not safe match at all, right? I think they played <laughs> up elements of it and teased a lot of it and gave people a little bit it's like a roller coaster ride you know you gave them a little a little butterfly in there and you know sitting dangling off the side of the ring or on the apron or what have you um so no i don't think there was anything that where i was like oh that was terrible uh they're putting themselves in harm's way i thought the match was very good um do you think this was better than white and abush Of the two, which one do you think was better?
1: Yeah, I like this one better. I mean, there's not a huge margin in it, but I did
0: prefer this one. I do, too. I do, too. So we're over the four and midways. Okay. Yeah, me, too. I I, I did as well. Um, Do you feel bad for Nitro at all? I know I harp on it a lot in the sense of I don't know if this guy gets his due respect, the, the longer title reign, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It feels like the, the, his momentum starts and then it stops. Um, any any shed any tears for Naito? Nah, I don't think so. He got his his brilliant moment in a,
1: an all time great match last year in a you know packed house at the Tokyo Dome, and he was the, the the figurehead for the company. And I think it, it should be uh, a mark of pride for him that he was able to. Be at the top of the company and guide them through what was a really difficult year both you know in personally and in terms of business and i think that's something he should hang his hat on he's got you know even if he doesn't win the iwgp title again which you know i wouldn't necessarily say that he's had three reigns with it which yeah. i think most professional wrestlers would bite your hands off at the, the chance to get that so no i don't feel sorry for him at all okay
0: all right I know. I just want to make sure all the Naito fans are satisfied. I don't want any. I don't want. I don't want any. Well, I don't want any <laughs> no,
1: you, you know what? Dave? I haven't heard any NITO fans moaning. I think yeah. this this idea of these sort of crazed NITO fans. I do feel it's a bit of a straw man. I've never really experienced any uh, unreasonable opinions from people like that. And obviously, I'm a NITO fan myself. But I haven't seen anything ridiculous. You know.
0: Um, I, I don't think ridiculous I feel sad. bad for them I, I just thought they were a fan base that where they were just kind of always looking for the moment and they got it they're, I know, they're I, satisfied all right, are they alright listen I think so alright I'm a glutton I want more
1: alright <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve says what does 2021 hold for Naito and Mordecai says what's best for Naito now that he's lost the belt so That's I mean I'm much. curious if he gets another title run or another Wrestle Kingdom main event because in his post-match promo he said he will be there again and Naito is not a guy who just Talk shit. Usually, when he says something, there's going to be a kernel of truth
0: to it. So, what do you think? What does Naito do for this year? That was my question. To be honest, that's that was me, Joe. <laughs> that was I under a pen name. <laughs> um, I wrote that question. Uh, great, but I don't know. Like, where, where? What is he going to be doing? He, you know, he, he's not a guy that you're, you're going after the never title. Um, you know, what, 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 Sonata, like, even if you had some fucking wacky idea of them going after the tag titles, you know, that's, that ain't happening. Sonata's kind of looking at the, uh, heavyweight title. Like, what, what does he do? Like, I, I, who's he, who's he with until... They end the New Japan Cup. I, yeah, he doesn't me? have
1: anything lined up for um, new beginning. It seems like just based on Dash yesterday. So, you know, maybe he's just going to take this one off and be uh, you know more of a support role than having a big high profile match. But I do feel that he is going to get himself back in the title picture. And again, I still think there is money in uh, another Okada Naito match at Tokyo Dome.
0: It could be. I, I mean, I, I still think that, that that match that is fresh is um, Will end and Naito. But there's a lot of guys like that, though. I mean, we talk about how Dash is the beginning and it hits the reset button and blah, 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 blah. I mean, what's Tanahashi up to? What's Naito up to? Um, you know, now that that, that is all said and done, I mean... I mean, we're assuming that it's said and done. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Okada seems like he's got a got an open schedule. Um, kind of curious. There's 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 a couple big names out there that. Okay, what are we doing with these guys going past New Japan Cup? I, I do have a good
1: idea. I think they they set the groundwork for that. But we'll, those names you mentioned, we'll come onto them as we discuss their matches. Maybe we should move on to uh, talking about Hiromu Takahashi because. Uh, sure. This was the co-main event of the second night, the fifth match, the Junior Heavyweight Championship, where Hiromu defeated Taiji Ishimori in 25 minutes, 31 seconds with Time on 2 to become the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. And you know, these guys were putting a huge spot here. It's the first time that, that junior title had semi-mained at the Dome, and I thought they did a great job. They had a, a different type of match to their other bouts. Um, and I I want to single out Ishimori here for particular praise, because often he doesn't get the love he deserves, you know, we've accused him of phoning it in from time to time, and he is basically the reset button for the junior title when plans go wrong, but I thought he was excellent here, he brought uh, a level of aggression that made this match feel uh, unique to their other encounters, you know, there was that moment in the middle with a nasty elbow fly where Hiromu was just kept staggering into those elbow after elbow, just really brutal stuff, and I thought Hiromu Sold the shoulder really well. All in all, I thought it felt like a, an appropriate rubber match for their feud uh, over the last six months.
0: Yeah, I thought this match was really good. The, um, I think it kind of answers some questions too for a lot of people. I know a lot of people are, were expecting, and, and probably still are, expecting Hiromo to be um, blessed with the idea of heavyweight status. I don't think there's any need to do that, um, and again, I think this that just helped anchor him to that title and into that division, and I don't I don't see any reason why we would want to change that. He's already he, he's already more important than the the majority of heavyweights in that division right now. Anyway, so why not just leave him leave him leave him as a junior and, and carry the torch. Um, Ishimori was great here. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, and you're right. He is a... I don't want to say... it like He's not a transition guy. That's for sure. Like, like, I, that, that's not the word I'm looking for. But he is a guy that you can rely on, especially as a heel, to get you from point A to point B. He's not going to be the, the focal point of your junior promotion your junior division, but what he is is that more than solid. He's a pretty great you know. It would be boring if Hiromo just held on to the title and just beat people. And like the idea of, of having Ishimori there being a stud to kind of be the foil to Hiromo is is has worked so far. And and juniors Keep in mind, there's, I think there's a quite a few options that are on the table that, you know, right now aren't available to them. One of them, you know, really, Lee um, is probably the one that sticks out in my mind of being a guy that we haven't seen in quite a long time. They have a, an absolutely fantastic chemistry. Um, and that's absolutely something that you can go to. Show. You know, I don't think Show's moving up anytime soon, right? I think there's, that he's still going to be a junior. And correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Hiromu kind of call him out?
1: Yeah, that's correct. Because Show was the only other person who beat Hiromu during Best of the Super Junior. So you'd imagine they're going to have a junior title match at New Beginning.
0: How great would that be? That's going to be fantastic. Um, and then you have you know, even something as crazy as like ACH. If they're able to get into the country, you know, that's not a crazy idea. I don't think. So I think there's a lot of options for the juniors and him holding the title just guarantees that you're going to have great matches. I don't, I don't worry about the junior division. That's for sure. And I want to be surprised if ELP is still in the mix, right? He's not one of my favorites for for certain, but I'm sure he'll be in the mix as well. But if I got, if I got a couple months of show, I'm, I'm fucking thrilled with this.
1: Do you think the junior title is big enough to headline one night at the Tokyo Dome?
0: I mean, we were assuming that they do a proper build. Which why would we doubt that? Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, Hiromo is the like an anchor in this promotion. To me, he's he's. I, I know I've said it before, but he's nineties liger at this point. He's the equivalent of when it comes to being a face of this promotion. Uh, I think he's popular enough. I think he, again, you, you all you need is a captivating, compelling story uh, to get people juiced up for it um, and build. You, you absolutely can do it. I, I, I don't see why not. I really don't. I, I definitely think that, that that could headline.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at our year-end awards where he won wrestler of the year, he won junior heavyweight of the year and he won favorite wrestler of the year. So this is a guy who's just got universal love from all fans, both domestic and foreign. So, yeah, why, why would you not try that? So uh, it's interesting you brought up El Fantasma there. Let's uh, briefly talk about their match on night one, which opened up the show on January 4th. So there was uh, Hiromi Takashi defeating El Fantasma in 17 minutes, 46 seconds with a Hurricane Rana. Um, I thought it was a really great start to this match. There were some dangerous-looking spots. Then El Phantasmo took control, doing the loaded boot gimmick. Hiromu pulls out a surprise win, which, yeah, like you you said, it suggests that they will meet again this year. And uh, if others are to be believed, that was going to be the plan last year until COVID hit. So that's why Ishimori was a replacement for El Phantasmo. So we'll see him going back to this year. I, I mean, I think ELP he's a perfectly fine wrestler, but he's not... He's not an elite wrestler like a lot of other guys in the division. Like He's nowhere near the level of uh, Hiromi or a Ryu Lee. And he's even a, a clear step or two below the likes of Desperado, Show, Robbie Eagles, Ishimori. I, I, mean, I think he's a really good athlete. I think his high spot flippy dudes are fun to watch, but he doesn't seem to have that snap or that precision in timing that I like to see at the very top of this division. And it kind of felt like Hiromi was being dragged down to an inferior match. And the match was fine. I liked it well enough. But... We know Hiromu, you know, he shits out better matches than this before lunch. And ELP's heel shtick, it's it's pretty corny. I don't find it offensive in small doses. He's very creative. He obviously puts a lot of thought into his work and the, the spots in his match, and that deserves credit. I'm just not sure it works well in the clap crowds, though. I, I think the pacing needed to be adjusted to account for that. And it did leave some uncomfortably quiet moments. Um, I do think they have a better match in and We've seen ELP do really well in big spots like the the Rocky match in Best of the Super Juniors or the Osprey-King of Pro Wrestling match. So I'm sure they're going to meet again. I, I do expect it to be better than this. So um, Elliot says, in regards to uh, how I said the Hiromu-ELP match felt a little flat due to the clap Crown environment, do you think wrestlers like ELP should be obligated to change what they're doing due to current circumstances, or should they just go on like it's business as usual? I mean, you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but I think there are tweaks that you can make to account for that, and I'm not sure El Phantasmo has quite got around that yet. What, what did you think of the
0: ELP match? I, I, thought, I thought it was fine. The, again, that one of her best matches that we'll put on the compilation DVD. But here's the thing. I hate ELP. And I hate ELP because he is a wonderful heel. Like he is, he's a, a modern day heel. Um, and I think people lose focus of that. Right? Like I and, I and I hate. Trust me, I hate when people say, "Well, you know, a heel can get away with anything because he's a heel." I'm, and and I'm I, I don't subscribe to that. But he he is a dickhead heel. Like that's his role, to be an absolute fucking dickhead. He plays it well. Uh he does very well with it. He does things to piss off wrestling fans. Walking to the ring with the the, 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 the jacket and you know basically kicking it and tossing it and wiping his ass with it. That, you know, people kind of like Ugh. And I think people are, are, you know I don't know if people necessarily equate that with hokey heel western style wrestling that they don't want to see. Maybe they do, maybe that's a part of it. But again, if if you're going to piss off, if you're going to be a heel and get people angry at you um in a new Japan pro wrestling crowd which again, these aren't dummies watching. I mean, you got to push some buttons, I guess. Uh in ring yeah, I think he's he is a spectacular wrestler, uh, in the sense of I don't know if I necessarily have seen a match where he puts all those pieces together, but there are spots and moments in matches where I'm like, oh, that was fucking great, that was pretty cool. Um, so I think he's in the. Mi- I mean, listen, there's no doubt he's in the mix. I think I think that's that's an easy thing to put down in the booking sheets, but. Um, uh, you know, the heel stuff is where you know. I look, I hate ELP. He's not one of my favorite wrestlers, and I think a lot to do with that is that he pushes the buttons and he pushes them properly.
1: Yeah, I, I don't want to go down that road of oh, you're supposed to hate him. You're getting worked. I think some people can. The the two things are not mutually exclusive. They can appreciate yes, this person is deliberately trying to uh, make himself hateable, but also. You, you can appreciate that, but dislike his wrestling and not be interested in seeing him wrestle. I think both things can be true. So, just want to throw that out there. Um, I mean, if we're t- looking at what's next for these guys, it looks like ELP and Ishimori are going to be challenging Desperado and Kanemaru for the junior tag titles, which is an interesting one. Again, just given that Bullet Club Suzuki-gun dynamics, where you know you can't really call Desperado and Kanemaru. Baby faces, but it looks like they will be
0: the de facto baby faces in this match. So that be one that sure. I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's the feud right now, right? Bullet Club and, and Suzuki-gun. It feels like that's the feud. <laughs> um, you know, and and both factions fighting over tag titles. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I, I kind of dig that actually.
1: Right, well, I'm excited to talk about this one on uh, night two. This is uh, the fourth match, special singles match, with Sanada defeating Evil in 23 minutes, 40 seconds with a rounding <laughs> body press. Fuck you. Now, look, David, I know you're going to shit on this one, but I have a retort of four words that will automatically prove me right and you wrong. So All right. it's up to you. You can either go first and leave you... Uh, sorry, I can either go first and you'll end up with your proverbial dick in your hand, or I can let you go first and destroy you with my comeback. So what's it going to be? Wow.
0: Wow. Um, uh, I'll, I'll go first. I don't care. Destroy me. Um, here's, here's the one thing that I was happy about. That we had two guys that I find to be the, the least interesting in New Japan Pro Wrestling stuck in one match so we didn't have to waste two match you know two matches on these guys um I'm bored to tears watching evil and sonata i am bored to tears with dick Togo I am bored to tears hoping and wishing for a different sonata that I know I will never for- never get I'll never get it. we'll never get that um I'm I'm tired of trying and I'm tired like I should just resign to the fact that this is what this is and I and unfortunately I can't because I'm constantly reminded of how athletic he is and how great he is and how he's over with Japanese crowds and I don't get it it is not for me that and I and this is my fucking show, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cry about it. Uh, and again, evil. Look, I was excited. If evil were just booked differently, I wouldn't hate evil as much. I would I would like evil if he were just booked differently. Look, I have I, this. This is not a feud. The idea of Sonata and in and, and evil in this match. Hating each other is laughable. They don't. They don't hate each other. There's no reason to believe that Sonata and Evil hate each other after spending years in the same faction and being tag team champions and assuming they've broken some bread in the past. There's nothing to sink your teeth into here. There's nothing to see here. Move along. Uh, and and uh, now, we, again... It, Sonata's on his way to, to for a title shot. Evil, what the, who knows where he's going to go and who, where he's going to land. But uh, you're talking about two guys that are probably the most boring in all of New Japan Pro Wrestling.
1: All right, you ready for the retort that's going to prove that you're wrong?
0: I love it. it. Dick Togo Table Bump. <laughs> a- How can
1: anyone sit there and tell yeah. me that match was bad? <laughs> where we got that incredible moment of Evil lightly bumping into Dick Togo standing on the apron, and Dick Togo launching into a spectacular elbow drop through a
0: table. That might have been my favorite moment from both shows. <laughs> I love how he he realized that, like he switched elbows to be able to do. To, I don't why did I, I don't know. I that was a moment. Yeah, that we're not soon to forget. What, like, I, like, it felt like he was going to do a back bump, but then he bailed out of it and decided to go hip, you know, take it, take it elbow. But why would he drop an elbow? Like, why, like, like, if you're falling and, and even if you want to protect yourself, would you drop an elbow? Would your elbow be the first thing you would want to brace your fall with? It made no sense. And it was, it was hit. He's on the apron. Get hit pause jump elbow out <laughs> it was ridiculous uh, tell me you ha- tell me you hated this match joe tell me tell me tell me <laughs> tell me you hated this match
1: I didn't look these matches are they're marmites if if you are familiar with marmite you either love it or you hate it I don't think anyone is going to be won over at this point there's nothing I can say that's going to make someone who hated this go oh you know what you're right I actually liked it you know people have drawn their line in the sand and and it is what it is at this point I I mean you do talk about you said if evil was booked differently and a lot of people said oh you know I want evil to be uh, you know powerhouse lariat suplex guy he was that for years no one gave a shit about him Right, so I'm not buying that. For me personally, I'm okay with that. This was a fun match. It was a, like an entertain. It was like a comic book match. You know, we had our bingo cards out from the, the Twitter thing, and it's the right place on the card. I don't want this stuff mucking up the eyes of a GP title scene every month. That's not the right place for it. I didn't mind it for a little period last year because I thought it was quite fresh and I found it entertaining. But I think you know, third from the top, absolutely fine with that. The crowd were into it and that helps my enjoyment of it I thought both guys put in good effort uh, they worked really hard and I just found it very entertaining but I mean I do agree with you that th- this uh the next level Sanada he doesn't exist right he is he is what he is now we've seen it all from Sanada and he has got this big Ibushi match coming up and again it puts him in a strange position is he Chief Jason I don't know because he's not going to win that is he and th- this is quite a few uh, title challenges for him where he's come up empty-handed. And it looks like a, another one on its way.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, if he, he's uh, uh, a popular pro wrestler in that company overseas in Japan. And if, if he makes the company money, great, great. Um, Evil. I mean, apparently Evil's merch. It sells, right? Wasn't that Bullet Club T-shirt, that new one? That was a pretty popular seller so far, right in, in twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, it was the best seller uh, for the, the the overseas shop. So even yeah. foreign
0: fans are
1: digging the evil turn.
0: Yeah, and I might be on. I might be on an island on that. On that, um, you know, I, I might be on an island. I just these are j- like if I'm going to take two guys that interests me the least at this point it's it's got to be both those guys like uh, we know where sonata's going where does former iwgp heavyweight champion evil go
1: uh, Okada, it looks like he's going to be having a, a singles match or a singles program with Okada at New Beginning. So uh, Booze Leprechaun says, uh, what are the odds that the winner of Okada EVIL challenges for the hopefully unified IWGP belt after the Sonata defense? So, uh, one, how do you feel about Okada and EVIL going at it again? And do you think the winner of that challenges
0: for the title? Maybe a castle attack. <sighs> Does that match scare you at all? That's not, that is not a... I, I think a, it
1: depends on which Okada turns up. Because sure if, the, if the New Japan Cup final Okada turns up, then no. Because that match got shit on. And I think a lot of the blame should go to Okada there, if not most of it. Because, you know, that was Evil's first match doing this, you know, heelish character. and well, actually, no, he was still at LIJ at that point, wasn't he? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think Okada's got... A, Shall the blame. I mean, <laughs> put it this way: it can't be any worse than that match. So hopefully, if Okada gives a shit and is using his proper moves again, and uh, Evil, you know, this is what six months after he's debuted the gimmick, he's feeling a bit more comfortable with it. I think it could be all right. I mean, I'm not going to be holding my breath for uh, any five star classics, but I'm not
0: dreading it. I'm side eyeing it. Oh, I'm dreading it. I'm dreading it. Look, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give you Doomsday prediction. We're going to be in front of an empty arena because they're not going to let people in. Uh, Okada is going to go into empty arena mode. We're going to we're gonna get money clips out our assholes and evil. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we get like the uh, Event Horizon situation where
1: Okada locks on the money clip and then Dick Togo chokes... Okada with yeah. the, the garrote
0: with money clips on and then everyone's <laughs> brain melts. Yep. I, I'll go so far as to say I guarantee you we'll see that spot. I guarantee you we'll see that spot. What do you think of that? And when it happens, we're going to laugh, David. We're going to have a good chuckle. Yeah. But only because we're amusing ourselves because we're idiots and assholes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the reason. I mean, I, I we're, we are going to see that spot. You do know that, right? That will happen. I am. I am. I am deathly afraid of this match. <laughs> I. I. I am. Oh boy! I can't look at like you, Damon. It's not real. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna need. To, I'm gonna need therapy after this. Uh Ah. Uh, imagine. I don't give a shit, Okada. And evil, and Dick Togo, in an. Empty warehouse. Holy mother of God. Oh. Well, no, we Somebody don't need some... to improve it. Just someone set up a table ringside and then... <laughs> One, bump. One bump will save it. Uh, oh, my God. Somebody get the vaccine over in Japan quickly. <laughs> oh All
1: right. Well, let's cleanse the palate then and talk about a different match. I would like to discuss... The fifth match from night one, which was Kazuchika Okada defeating Will Ospreay in 35 wow. minutes with the Rainmaker. This was excellent. The the pre-match vignette and the new singles theme for Ospreay presented him like a star. It felt like a hot grudge match. I really like Angry Ospreay. I thought he emoted well showing his his contempt for okada i i really liked him you know laying the elbows in hard and slapping okada stomping on his face and here i think was some solid evidence of osprey adapting his style to a more heavyweight style that i don't think was there in the g1 a lot of people were saying oh he's changed his style in the g1 i didn't see it but i did see it here this yep. did not feel like a typical osprey match there was less of the the high flying you know get all your shit in he took his time he was more deliberate and aggressive with his offense in a way that I thought was paced really well. So, for example, the first notable high-flying spot from Osprey was the Spanish fly from the top rope, which was over 30 minutes into the match. And the the like the, the setup for the usual hook kick that he does, that was replaced by a nasty elbow to the back of the head. So he has notably uh, changed up his style, and it worked for me. I, I thought it was a really good foil to Okada, who, you know, he can be a bit bland without the right opponent. And when the match started, as soon as Okada did that tope, You knew that he meant business too, and we were in for a ride. I thought uh, B Priestley was an effectively irritating ringside presence without going full dick Togo and actually interfering in the match. I I love the nasty ringside spots, like the the brain buster on the table, which had a really small margin for error there being so close to the guardrail. It was executed perfectly. Now, the the money clip Rainmaker thing, it wasn't, in, in retrospect, it wasn't a really coherent, compelling story. You know, it doesn't have... The, the history or the law, or even the logic behind it, like, you know, something like the Stardust, Stardust Press spot did. I, and I don't think there's that much to sink your teeth into, apart from, you know, he stopped doing the move, and now he did the move again because he got angry, I suppose. So if you if you look at that solely from the point of view of the pacing of the match, to build up to the Rainmaker as the climactic finish move, I thought it was executed really well. And like you, you could definitely hear a little groan of displeasure from the crowd when oh, the yes. guy locked in the money clip initially. And then Osprey got a pretty big pop for, for using the Rainmaker on Okada. And then you got a nice reaction at the end for Okada doing it. And, you know, it didn't really make sense to me as a character arc. But even without buying into that story, I thought the match was outstanding. And I thought it was a great performance from Osprey, who I've given a lot of shit to. But I think this was a massive improvement on some of his G1 matches. And Okada, of course, he's still capable of those big spectacular main event epics. He's going to be more judicious, more selective about deploying them. So uh,
0: what did you think of this? Outstanding match, my favorite match of the weekend. Uh, you know, of, of of the three nights, um, unbelievably, I was on the edge of my seat most of the most of the match. Um, you're right with the money. Cl- well, let's talk Will first. Yes, I would agree a, a thousand percent in the sense of we had this. To me, this was Will Osprey's first true heavyweight match, where he put it all together. Um, I thought the match had a, a, a much more violent, much more like there was more heat and, you know, uh, anger and, and, and feud here than sorry to go back to evil and Sonata, you know, two guys who spent more time. It felt like together, um, I loved this match. The money clip. Yes, there were audible groans. And I love how that played into the match. He knows it. He knows it. He knows that no one wants to see it. And you're. It, and even though you do get some submission wins, it's not your exclamation point. It's not your this match is fucking done move. And it's boring to boot. So here he goes, he tries it again, and everyone's like... And you can hear everybody at home. I heard people all over the world <laughs> just go, Motherfucker, what are you doing? And you're frustrated, and you're like, come on! Hit it's the it, it's, like, it's,
1: it's the ruined orgasm of the wrestling world, <laughs> it, isn't
0: it? It is! It is. No, it don't it let is. it go! <laughs> yeah, I'm dribbling out, oh, come on! Yes! and then will osprey goes for it and it was almost like o'kada said you motherfucker you mother you, what and now here, here he goes let me tell you when he when osprey hit that rainmaker and he does the pose you knew it was coming i i felt like you knew it was coming even before that but okay now it was like, you know, Will is eating a fucking rainmaker. And he did. And you could, he- you could hear the place almost breathe, not only cheer, but breathe a sigh of relief. Like, finally, you dumb fuck. Thank you. Uh, I thought the match was fantastic, man. I really did. Um, it might be my favorite Okada Osprey match. I'm not saying something, because I really enjoyed each and every one of those fucking things. Um, I'm a little surprised that... Now, this is what? Will's third? Third opportunity against uh, Okada? Third or fourth? I could be wrong. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, there pretty. was the Rev Pro match. Then they had their
1: anniversary match. Mm-hmm. There was... G1. A G1 match. There was a New Japan Cup match, and then there was another G1 match. So that's four, okay. four defeats and one dirty win
0: after right. Ukan interfered. Right. So, I mean, he's, he hasn't really gotten that win. That big you know, that big win. Um, Which I was a little surprised with. I was a little surprised with. But uh, I loved the match. And again, it was my favorite match of the weekend. And don't be surprised if you see full marks going for that one. Um, I, I don't. I don't know what match on that card would beat that Okada Osprey match as best best of the two nights. I think that's my winner.
1: So, I guess the question is, does Okada get back to the title scene? So, I'm, I'm figuring the winner of this Okada Evil match gets the next shot. But I think that's more likely to be. Evil than Okada, so we get a nice evil versus Ibushi title match at Wrestle uh, uh, Castle Attack. But I'm going to shoot my shot now. I think Okada wins the G1, so I don't. I, I think we don't see him in the title picture until next year's Wrestle Kingdom. But what do you think? Do you think we're likely to see Okada challenging for that belt this year?
0: I think there's I think there's a strong possibility um, to me. So who you have winning New Japan Cup? And again, we're talking, it's it's the first week of fucking January, but okay. So who do you have winning New Japan Cup? Well, judging that huge Osprey beatdown of Tenkoji
1: at New Year Dash yesterday, and it, I really enjoyed the moment, Damon, where he went on that big rant in front of Kevin Kelly and Chris Charlton and then told Chris Charlton, the English announcer, at the English announce desk, doing the English commentary for the English fans. Translate that. It's like, translate it for who? Will, because even when he's a big angry heel, he's still a complete dope. So I enjoyed that moment. But yeah, um, I mean, I think uh, Will Osprey is your New Japan Cup winner this year. And I think he will beat Ibushi for the title
0: and then have a big match with Naito at Dominion. Okay. Then who wins G1? You said Okada, right? Yeah. Okay. What if you flipped it? Yeah, lay, lay it out for me. So, okay. Cardo uh, wins, wins G- New Japan Cup. Yeah, yeah. Osprey wins G One. Osprey, I think. I, I mean, listen. Again, we're first week of fucking January, but I think the money match for New Japan right now is Osprey Naito. Like that, to me is 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 a match that hasn't been done. We haven't seen it, um, and and I think it would. I think it. I think it could main event.
1: Main event Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. with you on that. There's a lot of interesting possibilities. I'm excited. Looking forward to this year, Damon. That's <laughs> I perfectly that plausible. Which way around would you have it? Would you have Naito going into that as the champion, defending against G1 winner Osprey? Uh, I mean, I guess you would. Or is there yeah. a, any logic in doing it the other way around, where Osprey's got the title? And Naito's
0: coming in as the G one winner. I mean, you could. I think. I think you got to give Osprey the G one win. Which again kind of leads me to right. So Naito's got to win that title again, right? Would you? Would you do? Would you do Abushi Naito again? No. No. No, not for a while. So you're saying Ibushi loses to Okada?
1: No, I was saying oh, okay. Ibushi loses to New Japan Cup winner Will Ospreay. Uh-huh. Then Ospreay loses it to Naito at Dominion. Okada wins the G1 and we do Okada and Naito at the Dome. But okay. now that you've thrown out there Ospreay versus Naito at the Dome, I like that as well. So yeah. who knows?
0: All right. Listen, we 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 did all the heavy lifting. You guys figure it out. <laughs> New Japan figure it out. But I mean, the, I,
1: the, the match served its purpose. Then in that, Will Osprey feels like a legit star now, given that big semi-main event spot, and he's a guy now.
0: Yeah, and, and not only a guy, a heavyweight. Like he truly feels like that was a that was a heavyweight match. Um, the, the transition is complete.
1: Did. That match, in any way, remind you of Okada Omega matches because I think there are comparisons to be made between Kenny Omega and Will Osprey.
0: Yes, but uh, like, like I don't think that the that the Okada Osprey match fits nicely into a Okada Omega hole. I don't. Uh, I don't think it's an it just I think there's a lot of variance and a lot of difference between those matches and b- between both of those as workers. Um I mean I can see the comparison people will make. I think they were a bit different. Um I know people will will use the table spot as a as a reference um with Kenny and and Osprey. Um I mean, I can see where people can 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 draw those comparisons. To me, it felt a little bit on its own, um, and and separate between the two.
1: Bash says, "What do you think of Osprey's new nickname, which is the Commonwealth Kingpin?" Bash says the. Uh, Contentious, maybe he means connotations that go with that name. To me, from a background of parents that are from a country that was ruled by the British and is still at war because of what they did, makes me feel very uneasy about it. Do you think he did this on purpose or just called himself that due to fitting in with the theme of the empire? Uh, probably the latter. I don't think. I'm just guessing, but guns in my head, I would not think Will Osprey has a particularly strong grasp on world history.
0: So right. <laughs> I
1: think it's just something that he picked that he thought sounded cool.
0: Yeah, it was either that or it was um I don't know. <laughs> ah, never mind. I, I can't I don't know history enough to even give you a joke reference. What do you think of that? Um Yeah, I yeah. Let's not give Will too much credit there.
1: Yeah, if he comes out saying that he's like the opium warlord or something, then <laughs> we can start taking him for a ta-
0: right. taking him to talk I'm, over that. I'm the Panama Canal. <laughs> I'm the Cuban Missile Crisis. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, right. Anwar says, Who would you like to see as a junior in the Empire? I, I'm, Damon, I'm still at the point where I do not need or want to see any new members to the Empire yet because they're still fresh enough and exciting enough for me to be invested in them as a three man and one
0: woman unit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't have to have every weight division represented in a faction yet. <laughs> Um, it's not, it's not a requirement to be officially recognized as a faction to have every, uh, weight class represented. Um, let's give this time a little bit, let's make it organic guys. You know, let's make it feel a little bit organic. Um, I'm sure the day will come, but let's, let's let let's not let shoehorn in a guy just because there's a junior heavyweight spot to be filled. There isn't. That there doesn't have to be. Um, let's not shoehorn it in.
1: And if you want to throw in a, another problematic shitboy, then there's TJP. So no, you, you know where to fight him. Uh, okay, right. Next match I would like to talk about was from Night Two. It was the third match for the Never Open Weight Championship with Shingo Takagi, defeating Jeff Cobb in 21 minutes eleven seconds with Last of the Dragon, as he successfully retains the Never Open Weight Championship. I need a deep breath before this one. I've made no secret of my uh, fatigue with the standard never title match of lariats and shouting and, and funny faces and running the ropes and no selling. This match blew all of that shit out of the water. This is what I want the Never Division to be. Heal Jeff Cobb, he looks like a terrifying ass kicker who would throw you through a wall for looking at him the wrong way. He reminded me of Gary Albright here. And, and yeah. Shingo, he's a guy who's used to being able to physically bully his opponents, but he couldn't do it here. And just little touches, like early on in the match, when Cobb threw Shingo forcefully off him after an early cover attempt. And that little look of surprise on Shingo's face, like, fuck, I'm going to have my hands full here. And the pace and the intensity of this match was relentless. These two guys were throwing each other around like ragdolls non-stop for 21 minutes there was no downtime here like right from that first release German suplex on the outside, you knew it was going to be good and you know I've said for years on this show that Jeff Cobb he needs a dynamic opponent to bump for him you know Hangman Page or Willow Spray, whoever and I said on the preview last week that Shingo could absolutely do that for Cobb to make Cobb look like a monster what I did not expect was for Jeff Cobb to do the same for Shingo Jeff Cobb, he put on a career highlight performance here and everyone who hummed and hoards when he was brought in for the G1 again this year needs to apologise right now because this was by far the best Cobb match I've ever seen. His work rate and his cardio here, it was unbelievable, Damon. I didn't know he had it in him. We saw him in his first G1 in 2019. He was getting visibly gassed halfway through his matches. That guy's gone. This is a different Jeff Cobb. This Jeff Cobb has got himself in great shape. He had a terrific G1. He's adapted his style with more depth and more creativity. He's been given a big singles match at the Tokyo Dome and has worked his ass off here. Incredible. And I think now you can plug this guy in as a ready-made title challenger for any main event, any of the top guys on the roster. And the old Jeff Cobb, he needed other guys to work around him to make him look good. But this Jeff Cobb, to make his opponents look good too. And he made Shingo look just as much of a killer as Shingo did for him. And that just created this match, which was a a titanic struggle between two powerhouses who left everything out there. It was like watching a bloody kaiju movie. It was like Godzilla versus King Ghidorah out there. Uh, uh, Shingo doing tope con helos right from Jump Street. Uh, And we should have higher expectations for Shingo than just doing lariats and shouting. I want more of this Shingo. And we even had a bit of knee work that led to Jeff Cobb not being able to make the pin for the Tour of the Islands. That was put in there, presumably just for me, Tatum, because you know how much I love that. <laughs> and a busted nose for Jeff Cobb. We got a bit of blood as well. This was just a brilliant match. Yeah, Two guys match. Yeah, by far. Two guys who got their first Tokyo Dome singles match and just blew away my expectations. They knocked it out of the park. And this was my favourite match of the week.
0: Wow. Wow. Hey, nice. It, it's in my top three. Um, yeah, an outstanding performance by Jeff Cobb. Uh, like, you you, you know, as you were describing it and talking about that, that match, you know, the thing that popped in my head and I hate to say it, Jeff Cobb took the spot or the style or the, or whatever you want to call it, that I wished evil would have been everything that you described. I wished that was, that was evil. Right, um, but it's not. It's Jeff Cobb, and guess what? I'm happier for it. I'm happier for it. Um, you're right. Uh, the idea of of a never open weight title match, um, is that is that beefy big boy, hard hitting lariats stand in the middle of the ring with 75 forearms exchange. Let's see who's the toughest motherfucker. I love it. I do. I get off on that one. Love it. This felt even more different. This was a... Like, take that element, but incorporate suplexes. (laughs) Right? I felt like I saw the heels of boots flying through the air more... Than I have in a long time. That one toss, did, I, I, it, remember back outside the ring, and Jeff Cobb had uh, Shingo like in the air. He's holding him, you know, ready to throw him over his fucking head. Shingo's feet—it's off the ground, so it's not like he's getting the the push, you know, the little little boost help. From Shingo. To go over. To, to fly through the fucking air. Joe Cobb tossed him. Like he was a bag of flour. Over his head. And, he, and Shingo fucking flew. I popped out of my seat. And was like. Are you kidding me? And it was like that. The whole entire match. Guys is getting fucking tossed. And and landing on their heads a, a, a couple times, uh, and uh, incorporating hard hitting beefy style and the pace. This was not a slow match by any stretch of the imagination. This was fun. Uh, this this was it. Like depending upon the moment, my second or third favorite match of, of the entire weekend, and. Again, we, we, we love to, to praise Shingo, and it's well-deserved. To me, Jeff Cobb deserves a lot of the— Because uh, here's, the, here's the thing. If this match were going to go sour or take, take a, a downward turn, I think a lot of people were like, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to put that blame on Jeff Cobb. But the match turned out to be spectacular and great, You knew Shingo was going to be at a certain level. It was up to Jeff Cobb to raise his game to get that match to that certain level, and I think he overshot expectations. This, uh, to me, and I'm not sitting here with, again, the best of Jeff Cobb DVD compilation as a reference, but in my mind and in my recollection, this might be the best Jeff Cobb match, period. Um, and he saved it for a, a big stage against a, an opponent who is equal to the task, arguably an MVP of of New Japan in 2020. I don't know what more you could ask for. Um, uh, uh, yeah, for 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 a and I, I hate to put a little qualifier on it by saying for a never open weight title match this was great this was great period Um, and I I couldn't be happy for Jeff Cobb because what this did was this they like the guy already they want the guy already this just helped plant his feet a little bit deeper uh, in the New Japan foundation uh, so he'll be around for a long long time
1: what do you think his ceiling is in the company
0: well i I mean not heavyweight right um like I love the fact that he is just like the western monster. I love the way he's presented. he mm. looks like a fucking badass. I still think ocon and and cop need to have some fucking tag straps oh those those two would be amazing uh. He'll get it. He'll get it. He'll get it. He'll get a taste with a never title. I have no doubt. If
1: maybe, you could maybe do the, the, you know what they did with Zach in 2018 with the New Japan Cup. Just have him just tear through a New Japan Cup field yeah. with that. Not necessarily win the title challenge, but just winning that tournament and doing it in a memorable way. He could be a made man.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They need more tournaments. <laughs> That's the, let's do. Let's twi- do. Speaking of which. Well, it doesn't look like they're going to. I mean, who knows? What? 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 I know. I keep going back to it, but what the fuck is this company going to do if they start shutting shit down? Are we doing? Are we going back to tournaments? I don't know. I mean, you
1: want to touch on that now? I know the the, the COVID news. I think it all depends on the prime minister's decision. Like, there could be some changes to the upcoming tours depending on that. And I, I believe at the moment, restaurants need to close by eight p.m. Large-scale events are restricted to 50% capacity or 5,000 people, whichever is lower, and also need to be finished by 8 p.m. And that is applicable to Tokyo, Kanagawa, Saitama, and Chiba. Um, and, you know, these aren't, as always, they're not strict requirements. Businesses can and often do ignore them, but New Japan won't. New Japan is going to stick to these. So, you know, they've got 14 Korakuen shows coming up in the next six weeks. So there might be some
0: cancellations and, and things being moved around for sure. Yeah. I heard Chris is going to storm the Senate. <laughs> He's got a flag and everything. He seems like yeah. the type, doesn't he? Yeah, he seems like one of those. He's gonna have he's gonna have his fatigues on, and he's gonna storm. He's gonna storm. Fuck. Uh yeah, it, yeah. Those Corkin shows are on thin ice. I would say that. I, I think that's a safe statement. They are on thin ice.
1: Well, let's stick with Shingo here, the Never Openweight Championship. It looks like his next challenger is going to be none other than Hiroshi Tanahashi. So Trigger says, with Tanahashi versus Shingo coming up, would you say New Japan is elevating the Never Belt to a secondary title in lieu of the IC belts? And do they need a secondary belt? So what are your thoughts on Shingo versus Tanahashi and the placement of the Never title now?
0: I I think we we talked about um, Tanahashi and Shingo. As a possibility, and I think we were both excited for it. Uh, Tanahashi getting in on that never mix. The only thing I worry about is poor Tanahashi's going to have to get into beefy mode, though. No, no, you know what? Let me take that back. I don't. I think that puts it. This might put a new spin on never. This might put given these matches a new dynamic. You know, we're so used to watching Shingo be. Beefy boy, hard-hitting, never guy. Him in the ring with Tanahashi is going to give you a new perspective. He's going to bring some new shit to the table. I think that could be really fucking great, actually. I'm into it. Because there's no way Tanahashi's going never style, right? He's not turning into fucking Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah, the, the, the bell starts and he's pointing at the It's like, "Come
1: on, motherfucker!" Ah. <laughs> right?
0: I don't, I don't see that happening. Right? So, so Shingo is going to have to adapt to Tanahashi because I don't think in the back Shingo is going, oh, "Hey, hey, Tanahashi brother, uh, why don't we do a bunch of fucking lariats and I'll beat you over?" The- uh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> Here's what we're doing: shoot headbutts.
1: <laughs> Empty arena, right. Clunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, yeah. In the words of the great Tito Santana, I ain't bumping for you, brother. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's. I can't see Tanahashi uh, mapping out a match like that. So, will there be some elements of that? Yeah, maybe. But I think this is going to be more of a Tanahashi match, and I'm I'm there for it. I think it'd be fucking great. Give a new a little bit of dynamic. To to this 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 portion of the card. I'm there for it. I'm I'm in. I love it. I think it's great. Let's fucking do it.
1: Yeah, I want Tanahashi to win. Not that I dislike Shingo, I think he's been an excellent champion, but he's beaten pretty much everyone there is to beat at this point, and I think Tanahashi would bring something new and interesting to that title. So um sticking with Shingo, Stu says, could Shingo win new Japan Cup or the G one?
0: I mean I sat here for two years talking about Evil not winning the fucking heavyweight title ever. So anything's possible. Um, yeah,
1: it's different though, because Evil was a New Japan Dojo guy. He's relatively young, uh, but yeah. Shingo is not. Shingo made his name in Dragon Gate, and he's close to 40 at this point. So yeah. that is what, it, that you know, that's the big obstacle, isn't it?
0: Cup, yes. G1, though. No. I can see him winning the cup.
1: Could you see him winning a New Japan Cup? I'm not sure what purpose it serves. I think the New Japan Cup is there for you know to give the rub to guys who need it. You know, like a uh, uh, Zack in 2018 or <laughs> that plucky youngster Okada in 2019. Right <laughs> <about> <laughs> evil in 2020, and you know, helped give Shibata a boost in, in 2017. It was what Naito in 2016. So I think it would be strange for them. To give that New Japan Cup to a guy who made his career elsewhere and he's, i don't know—is it fair to say his best years are behind him? Maybe, maybe it's not
0: unfair. I mean, Zach made it elsewhere, you know. I mean, so, Zach was a Noah guy.
1: That's true. Um, yeah, why not? Let's give him the New Japan Cup. You've you convinced me. There you go. <laughs> That's, All right. That was tough. <laughs> the next match I'd like to talk about from night one was the fourth match, special singles match with Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating the Great Okan in 17 minutes, 13 seconds with a high fly Flow. Uh, the difference between Great Okan and Master Watto is not their in-ring talent. You, you watch this match, you just watch Okan's entrance and he does that goofy Jiangshi, the, the hopping vampire. He does that walk to the ring. And then he stands there with his hands behind his back and he believes it. His confidence and his conviction in his character is the difference between success and failure. And in this match, he looked like a man who believed he belonged in that ring with Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. And there's nothing extraordinary about the way he wrestles, but just the snarling and growling, the menacing physical presence is what makes him a hit for me. He's like a, an old school territory he'll mix with an anime villain. And he's mixing it up with some cool moves as well, like the sliding knee bar takedown, the, the bicycle kick, the flatliner, the reverse brain buster. He bumps really well too. He sold Tanahashi's sling bag like death. Uh, I like the spot at the end with the, the chair. Tanahashi, you know, he's too pure to use the chair. So this match was nothing groundbreaking, just a really solid performance and a fun match with a guy who looks like he belongs there.
0: Yeah. Um I don't know what people were expecting. In the sense of, you're not going to get a an epic Tanahashi versus X match at the Tokyo Dome with this. Like, that's not who this guy is. What you're looking for is just what you described: confidence, looking like he belongs there. He he wasn't a step behind. Um, he. You, you're, you're looking for the guy to be able to to hang, not necessarily give you five stars. Right. That's if right. That really yeah, is. that's
1: what he's there for. It's like getting that ring in, uh, to get used to being on that occasion and being in the Tokyo Dome in front of a large number of fans. You know, he wasn't plugged in there because they thought he was going to have a five-star match.
0: man right. And even with that said, I thought the match was really good. I thought the match was really good. I mean, we're not comparing it to fucking Okada and Osprey. That's not fair. We're not comparing it to Cobb and, and Shingo. That's not fair. We're not comparing it to Ibushi and Jay White. That's not fair. But I think for what it needed to be done, I thought it was I thought it was good. I thought it was a good match. I mean, give me a spot where Khan lost a step or fucked up or looked lost. It didn't happen didn't happen at all like again the, the right guy won number one right tanahashi should beat a guy in his first Dome main event two he didn't look out of place three he he had a performance that wasn't embarrassing and it only helped the guy's career. Tanahashi wins. Walks out, head, head, head held high. People cheer. Hugs, virtual hugs all around. Okan kept pace, was there, looked competitive, looked strong at times. Held his own. Out the door we went. What else, what else did we want? What were we looking for? Now, Joel, I have not, you know, I have not searched the interwebs for opinions on this match. What, what, what's the feedback that you're hearing? I mean, did people like the match? Did people like the performance? Were people okay? Were people fucking thumbing their nose at what? what what's what's the story?
1: On the whole, I think people enjoyed it.
0: I, I think this Hi. is one of those matches where
1: if people were uh, on board with the character going into it. And, you know, the placement of this match and his opponent, then they were more likely to enjoy the match. I'm just going to try and find here on, on the, the old Twitter.com and see what people were saying about it when I spoke about this match. So, uh, if you bear with me here, this is going to be no, no problem. excellent uh, podcasting here. Okay, so, <laughs> just looking at the replies. So, just leave it to turn just, just, just Yeah, so, Positive. Oh, someone saying can't did better than Jay White in the same spot he set up for stardom uh, someone said it was good but not great well, I think that's fair yeah, right. yeah. Um, someone said it was okay nothing special but not bad um, not bad someone said they didn't care for it someone else oh Larry Dallas you know Larry Dallas he does the, the commentary for Dragon Gate he says first time seeing Okan he's so good and then someone else saying I'm still not sure if his gimmick works so some people are still the jury's out for them but I would say most people are saying yeah, this is good stuff.
0: Good. All right, I, I, and, I, and I'm on that same boat. I think everybody's uh, smart cookies out there. Good job.
1: So Andrew says thoughts on Great Okan's progress. I thought his commitment to character and traits really came through on Wrestle Kingdom, especially his walk out on that long ramp. And I'm enjoying his matches. Didn't seem at all phased by the occasion or opponent. So yeah, I mean that's exactly what, what I said. I, I totally agree with you, Andrew. I'm, I mean, I guess the question now, Damon, is what does Ocon's 2021 look like because. Maybe he might be the man to retire one Hiroyoshi Tenzan, which looks like the direction they were going at New Year Dash. Because, you know, there's the connection there with the Mongolian chops and
0: Okan's doing the TTD as well. So,
1: yeah, what do you think is in store for Great Okan?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to be that monster. And and if you have any doubts, I mean, we talked about Dash at the opening of this show. You know, the the, the highlight when it comes to okay what was the what was the takeaway from this show by and large was Ocon destroying everyone Tenzon doing a fucking stretcher job I mean that, that's that's putting that's putting a little bit more uh, flame under the fire for Ocon right I mean think say what you will about Tenzon in 2021 and the physical condition that he's in he's a fucking legend and That legend was built on being a tough guy and a fucking bull and you know, being a guy that doesn't fucking do many stretcher jobs. He did a stretcher job. I mean, that that, that puts a little bit more fucking fire underneath Ocon for sure.
1: Steven says, what do you think of the near future plans for each member of the Empire, seeing as they don't factor into title pitches? How about this? Um... Let's have a uh, Hiroshi Tenzan retirement match where we got Tenzan, Kojima, and, I don't know, let's say Yuji Nagata against Osprey, Cobb, and Okan. What would you say to
0: that? No problem with that. I mean, that's... I don't think anybody would complain about that. We're not going to put that as a main event of a fucking big show, but yeah. Could, could main event Underneath? one of
1: those yeah. yeah, yeah. But Pretty I just, cool. I just yeah. think there would be something fitting about Okan being the person to... Retire Tenzan. I think that'll be a really useful. Oh, way I think that's to serve two yeah. purposes there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're you're putting out again a legend in 2021, um, but again, a reputation of, that legend was built off of him being the toughest fucking guy in the locker room. So, uh, yeah, it, it, that that's saying something.
1: All right, let's try and more briefly get through the rest of the matches. What did you think of Kenta versus Kojima?
0: I liked it. I didn't think it was as epic as I kind of built it up in my head and expressed here on this show. Uh, I thought it was very good, but I would go in like three-star range.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. There were moments I really liked, like the, the DDT on the apron. That was pretty cool. But yeah, I think maybe it fell just slightly below my expectations. It's a really good match, but I don't think there was much that I'm going to remember. Uh, years down the line. Um, okay, what about the tag title match we had? Gorillas of Destiny against Dangerous Techers because I thought this was really good. I thought Zach was the star of this match, and just you know proving Dangerous Techers' ability to elevate their opponents. I'm you know I'm not saying that they dragged Gorillas of Destiny to a good match here, but they certainly helped to to lift them and, and bring up that
0: you know the energy and, and the aggression of the match. So uh, what did you think of it? Tai Chi being Ricky Morton getting the heat, and then the hot tag to. Babyface Zach Zaber Jr., uh, clearing house, <laughs> um, uh, rocking and rolling. And uh, yeah, that match picked up the minute Zach tagged in. Like that was the definition of a hot tag, uh, which I found pretty funny. Um, I like the idea of the uh, the, the fingers being used and g- getting stolen. Yeah, uh, you, I, do I don't like know if you've you seen
1: Tamatonga, who's been tweeting out photos of the fingers. You know, going to bed, the fingers at breakfast. Today, there's a photo <laughs> of the fingers at the airport. And Taichi's quote tweeting
0: that saying, ah, oh, what are you do with my fingers, you bastard, or whatever. Hey, that's good. I mean, that's fine. Look, seven. Th- as much as we kind of hand wave G.O.D. and matches and stuff like that, the company fucking gave that, that, those tag titles to that team seven times. Now, that might speak more of the lack of quality in New Japan tags in recent years. Seven times. I mean, that's that's something. That that's 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 an impressive thing. I mean, he's, they're they're breaking. They're a tag team that's breaking records. All right, and uh, I don't have a problem if they continue on. I, I like the idea of these two factions fighting over both tag titles. I think it's fun.
1: Yeah, it looks like they're going to have an immediate rematch at New Beginning. Um, I mean, part of me was think wondering, you know, putting them straight back on God. Does that undo all the good work that was done with those tag belts in 2020? So I am a bit wary about it, but we'll see how it goes. I, I did enjoy Chi backstage saying only your family is happy to see you with those belts, <laughs> which was pretty harsh, but maybe accurate. I don't know. Um, Okay, Andy says, I believe after Izuka ended friendship tag, the Iron Finger was introduced as he became more violent and eventually mad. Do you think Taichi's obsession with the finger could lead him to a similar fate, possibly to the detriment of his role in Suzuki-gun, or even uh, benefit him to soon lead Suzuki-gun?
0: You want him to turn into a guy who fucking rambles through the crowd? (laughs) On a leash. Attack of Michalogi's got him on a leash. Right, right. I don't want that. No, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the current version of Taichi. Thank you very much.
1: Did you get any sense from that match that like they were building some discord between Tai Chi and Zach?
0: No, no. Actually, just the opposite, really. Um, no, I. I like, were there spots in the match that I missed that, that where there was dissension?
1: There was a point where Zach had one of the Gorillas of Destiny boys on the, the top rope and was shouting at. Um, Taichi, get over here! Taichi, come on, over here, get here, And that went on for quite a while. I don't know if Taichi didn't hear him or couldn't understand what he was saying, but I, maybe that was accidental. I don't know. But that was one that s- s- stuck out in my
0: mind. No, mm. yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I thought that was more of a. To me, anyway, it was more of a. You know, let's. You know, I got. I got this fucking plan in mind. <laughs> you know, let's. Let's execute and get your ass over here and let's do it.
1: Right, um, the other tag title match, the junior tag belts with uh, Suzuki and Kanemaru Desperado defending successfully against Master Huato and Ryusuke Taguchi. What did you think of this? Has it changed your opinion on Huato at all? He's got his snazzy new gear.
0: <laughs> they, look, they look nice. Um, he still needs help. He still needs help. Um, I would like to see them as a tag team. And now the Tenzon's out of the picture. Uh, maybe that can happen. I mean, I actually thought they were going to win the titles. I was I, I was kind of surprised at the at the the fact that um they it, it didn't go that way. But I mean, did Watso do anything that would change your impression of him so far? Not me.
1: No, not really. I, I thought the match was good. I liked it a lot, but yeah. um I wasn't thinking, you know, it, it did not leave the same impression as Okan did. No.
0: Yeah. No, this was not a match where where I'm willing to say, okay, Watto gets a, 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 the next level. Now we're we're pretty much where we are with him.
1: Andrew says, is Bushi challenging Master Watto one of the most epic moments or the most epic moment in New Year's Dash history? So yeah, that was a, a interesting choice to end the New Year Dash show. It looks like we're going to get a Watto versus Bushi singles match. Any thoughts on that? <laughs>
0: Ah uh, yeah, dumpster fire. That's that's <laughs> that's my thought. <laughs> I mean seriously, think of this. Bushy's going to be the guy that is going to need to keep this match together, right, when it falls apart and you know it will. Ooh, this must this might be the car crash we're all waiting for here.
1: It's such a strange choice. I know we talked about it before, but who would have predicted that the closing the climactic moment of New Year Dash was gonna be Bushy? pinning Watto and getting on the mic, <laughs> Bushy delivering the victorious
0: post-match promo. What is going on? <laughs> we're, ending tw- we're beginning 2021 just like we ended twenty twenty, in, in, in every way of life, by the way. All
1: right, well, let's stick with the wackiness then and talk about the KOPW. So uh, Toriano, of course, is the uh, the successful KOPW 2020. So twenty KOPW 2021 started with the... Rambo which I thought was pretty fun it had some good moments it seemed to like get all of the credible wrestlers out of the way first some memorable stuff here there was uh, uh, Chase Owens doing the Shawn Michaels tribute act uh, there was Hinari who managed to eliminate I think who did he eliminate was it Nagata and Suzuki and, yeah. I think yeah. uh, which yep. I thought was very interesting hopefully it's a sign of things to come for Hinari um and then at the end, I thought I, I was, I, I liked the bit where Honda <laughs> betrayed Makabe, that was good. And also, I was getting into the Young Lions at the end when I thought, oh, maybe the Young Lions are going to manage to eliminate oh, yeah, yeah. bad luck Fale. But of course, it wasn't to be, uh, we ended up with Fale, Chase Owens, Bushi and Torriana winning, exactly as we <laughs> predicted on the show. Someone just coming out, not managing to get in the ring and they've already won, which I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, this is just a harmless fun, wasn't it?
0: I feel like if we made a list of the people in, in exact order of who we would want to see in that in that role, you know, the last four, those four people would be absolutely at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> like, like there's, I don't think there's anybody else. Like, I think of the people, all the people that were eliminated. Like, is there anyone that you would not replace anyone that is in the four, right? So you have the four. Now go through the rest <laughs> of the list. You know what I mean? Not no one where I'd be like, nah. I I, could, I saw some people getting really upset, like, oh, I can't
1: believe they put these four guys on Wrestle Kingdom and they didn't nah. have anything for, you know, Ishii or Suzuki or Goto. I don't know. That doesn't really bother me. Would you Would you have wanted to see this four-way match with Goto and Ishii and Suzuki and Nagata? I don't know right, if I would. have with this trophy. Somebody... <laughs> right, yeah.
0: It's a little bit, you know what I mean? Like, these guys, I think they've earned their spot in pro wrestling. Like, like they paid their dues enough to not be sitting in this Fucking dumb, stupid. <laughs> God, I didn't even take his fucking t shirt off in the round. Half of them did it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I, tw- I, tw- I was in the Discord and I was like, sell those t shirts, boys. Yeah, they didn't even fucking take off their shirt. Fucking Yoshi Hashi didn't even take off his shirt. Think of that. Yoshi fucking Hashi is hand waving this shit. <laughs> Yoshi Hashi said, ah, oh, fuck, I ain't bumping for you motherfuckers. Yoshi Hashi. Ah uh, fucking KO. Get the get the fuck up the street. Uh Let's end the show there. I don't think we're gonna to top that. <laughs> nope. yeah, okay, let's wrap it up.
1: Let's do it. Right. Uh so redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. If you want to throw some money our way, always appreciated. Uh Discord link is in the show notes and I think our Discord is getting a bit better, Damon. I know <laughs> you you uh, mm-hmm. You have your moments with it where you're like, ah, this is crap, and you're not wrong. But I, I, I don't know. I feel it's got
0: better recently. I'm
1: not really selling it, am I? <laughs> if you want to join, no, do screen, not. Link is in the show notes. Well, man,
0: well no, no. Let's do this. Uh, here's what. Here's what I would love to see. I would love to see more people involved in the chat. And I know that can be hard sometimes. Uh, that have good pro wrestling thoughts and, and want to discuss pro not memes, not fucking. Yeah. Not, we people know, trying
1: to get over their own gimmick personalities. You know, uh, we're, we're
0: there to talk about
1: wrestling and have a good time.
0: Yeah. 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 We only have one rule. Don't be a fucking asshole. That's, <laughs> that's really our, and, and trust me, sometimes that's, that's a hard fucking rule to follow. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I would wish. And, and, and again, I know people, well, never mind i won't even say it like that's what that's what i would that's my that's my 2021
1: wish that's my 2021 wish all right uh at cobra kawaii and pro forward slash SuperJCast. if you want to get one of our great t-shirts i'm wearing my Scampy club t-shirt as we speak it is comfortable it is durable it is my favorite t-shirt at the moment i really hope i get to see scampi again oh. Made myself depressed now. Huh? Um, thanks, as always, to editor Dan. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at hero 219 Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for the great shows. Give us a five star review on iTunes and some kind words, which helps us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>